Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. And what, you know, we keep saying this in these podcasts, Bill, what an amazing week, but really dumb laws like Obamacare seem to inspire lots of amazing politics. You know, and Fred Barnes always likes to say that politics uh, does not go in a straight line. Events don't go in a straight line. The worst thing you can do is a political commentator or prognosticators assume that it's just extend the last few weeks out into the future. And I've always kept that in mind uh, since coming to Washington, and, I, it's, and it's even more been even more true, I'd say, over the last year than than it usually is. It was just a month ago, right? The shutdown, disaster for Republicans, damages them in 2014. How could the Republican Party be so foolish? And suddenly the world looks pretty different, doesn't it? And, there, and I, I, I will say in my own defense that I said at the time that I thought the shutdown would be a, was a little incident, did a little damage. Um, but the Obamacare really is a train wreck compared to the shutdown, which was a little bit of a you know, you know stoppage on the, uh, on the on the train line for 20 minutes or something like that. And Obamacare has always been central to the Obama presidency, and now the collapse of Obamacare is going to be central to the second term of the Obama presidency. So, do I understand this correctly that the solution here is? that my insurance policy that's already dead, that my insurance company spent two years planning on killing, President right. Obama says it's okay with him if the insurers want to go out to the graveyard, dig it up, bring it back to me, and then if my local insurance uh, 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 controller, you know, re re regulator will right. allow it, they can resend, sell me back what they already killed two years ago. Do I have that about right? Well, they haven't really killed. I mean, look, to be fair, I mean, I'm in favor of the fix as far as it goes, though I think he has the legal authority to do it, and the House should pass it this afternoon. I mean, the people are still on their 2013 insurance. The insurance company shouldn't be taken, their complaining should be taken with a grain of salt. And I think conservatives would make a big mistake in somehow getting in bed with the insurance companies. They sold out to Obamacare right. four years ago. Now they're whining because of um, the, the consequences of what they helped do. I mean, people are still on their 2013 insurance. Uh, you know, plans. It is a little bit of a pain for the insurers to go back and sell them again for 2014, but they didn't expect to, and there'll be some pricing issues with premiums and whatnot. But if the fact is, if you're, you know, it's not like they don't know how to find the people who are currently on their plans, and it's not that hard to call them up and say, okay, we'll extend you next year for a 5% increase or something. So I think that's what the Republican bill uh, does in the House. Uh, Obama's trying to preempt that, of course, with the executive action, which is not clear he has the authority to do legally. But I do think this is only the beginning. I mean, that's the key point to make. Uh, and it shows that conservative uh, assaults on Obamacare on the weak points, I think, is the way to go, as well as, of course, making the case against the bill as a whole. So it's got to be repeal in the big picture sooner rather than later, but it might still take three years. But it just shows how much damage you can do by picking on the aspects of Obamacare that when they come to light to the public – show what a bad plan it is, what a monstrosity of social engineering, how it's not going to live up to its expectations. You're not going to be able to choose your doctor or your hospital. That's the next thing. Actually, one of the next shoes to drop, I think, will be people seeing how limited are the choices in some of the new plans. Um, and then the security and privacy issues on the exchanges and so forth. So I think this kind of, um, I think you can really, you know, we can stop and delay and dismantle parts of Obamacare here piece by piece. And this has been a disastrous week for them. I mean, they need those people in the exchanges for this to even pretend to work. And the fact that young people, healthy people are going to be able to say, hey, I'd like, let me extend my insurance for the next year is, is damaging to them. And also an awful lot of other people watching this are going to think, you know what, I think I'll just wait and see what other changes are coming. So I think that they're, they depend on a sort of stampede of people into the exchanges, people feeling they had no other choice 
people feeling this was the you know it was now or never. There's a mandate; they had to do it. All of that's beginning to collapse, and I think they're in, the smart people on the left understand that they are facing a really difficult problem now and just just managing Obamacare. You know, Bill, how they say, I hate to say, I told you so. I've never felt that way at all. I love saying I told you so, and I've been gloatingly saying I told you so every chance I can. There was a wonderful moment in the press briefing on Thursday where the president said, it turns out that buying insurance is complicated. Really? This is news to the guy who just passed a massive law telling us how to buy our insurance. It was just, it was phenomenal. Hey, turns out that those sharks can bite you. Really? Turns out water is wet. Really? Wow, this is all news up there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, this is where conservatives and Republicans really need to make the case. This isn't just about the details of Obamacare or that the president mistakenly said uh, certain things would happen which didn't happen under Obamacare. It exposes the fatal conceit of this kind of social engineering, 2,700 pages devised by a bunch of experts in Washington, revamping 18% of the U.S. economy. I mean, it really, it's very important for conservatives to use this, I think, as a kind of wedge into the assault on big government liberal social engineering and this is what happens when you do it and 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 they really this could be expanded to other areas too where conservatives uh, can propose sensible incremental reforms to improve the system and really resist and i think argue very successfully now against all these huge uh, con, you know big government conceits uh the uh, law has the president's name on it but as a a friend of mine who's a Obama supporter said, Graham, you can say whatever you want. You're stuck with Barack Obama for the next three years. And, of course, he's right about that. My question for you is, what Obama are we stuck with? I, I asked a question yesterday. When was the last time you heard someone say, Barack Obama, he's really, really smart? Because whenever that was, Bill, it's the last time you'll have ever heard anyone say, Barack Obama is really, really smart. You know, we're stuck with a Barack Obama who's going to defend this bad law, you know, to the end, and uh, he'll allow small changes and, and, you know, fixes and little patches in the roof and then in the ceiling and then in the, you know, walls and right. then on the porch. But um, and, and will those patches be better than nothing in the sense they help some real people out there? And also I think they expose how, how bad the law is and make it ultimately un, unfunctionable. But he'll, he'll, he'll resist the dismantling of this law as long as he's president. And unfortunately, in foreign policy, he could really lead us down dangerous paths. I hope Congress rallies now uh, against this uh, Iran deal that Kerry tried to negotiate last week. They've been pretty hesitant. I mean, some Republicans have been great, but the Democrats are still being kept in line uh, with party loyalty. I think the key moment will be he's managed. They've, they've gone very, very far to try to make sure the Democrats don't totally bolt. They got very close to it this week, and that's why they hurried out this quasi-fix mm-hmm. yesterday very interesting to see if they, if they can continue that. That's the moment when the whole presidency starts to crumble, when large numbers of House and Senate Democrats uh, just flee the reservation. And for now, they've done a pretty good job politically of keeping them on, but they've got to be talking to each other and saying, what are we doing here? Well, you know, there are a lot of uh, Democrats who have uh, very strong interests, both personal and political, in you know taking on Iran and protecting America's interests, you know, standing with Israel in a very dangerous part of the world. How far can the president go in his desperate bid to get a deal, any deal, without starting to lose those Democrats? Well, I think I'm told that there's been a lot of grumbling, but they, they've managed to keep them from bolting publicly. There's going to be some letter, I think, on Monday that will be a bipartisan letter that will sort of express concerns about the deal, but not go as far as I would go in certainly denouncing it and, and, and trying to even legislatively prevent Obama and Kerry from moving in this direction. 
So, so far they've been able to straddle a little bit, but I, I don't know how long that will go on for the Democrats. Same with Obamacare. All these senators are for re-election. Uh, they can say, oh, we fixed this problem. It's still was the right thing to vote for it. I mean, is that going to be tenable over the next three, six, nine months as we see all the other problems in Obamacare? That, that I think, is the thing to watch for going forward. And very important for conservatives, I think, to put pressure on the key sort of key points here and, and really try to break open uh, uh, break the Dem- some Democrats from the Obama administration and really cause political turmoil. Also on Iran, of course, it's really important substantively. Um, we, we Republicans need to rally and prevent this kind of terrible deal. And uh, in case carries, maybe the Iranians will save us from ourselves. And also lay the groundwork. It doesn't look like Obama's going to do anything about the Iranian nuclear program. Israel, I think, is unfortunately going to have to act. Not unfortunately, it's better than the alternative. Better than not acting. Unfortunately, in the sense that we should be doing it. Right. But if Israel acts, uh, I, I think conservatives should, of course, defend that and ahead of time defend that and say Obama is causing this. I mean, this is ridiculous. We're the United States of America. We could easily set back this program three, four, five years. It's perfectly clear the Iranians are dead set on going ahead with it uh, against uh, everything, all the UN Security Council resolutions and so forth. And uh, we're abdicating. So Israel, I think, may well have to act on our behalf. Uh, Obama may pressure Israel. This is where Republicans could really help Israel and help us, help us, help the United States of America by having the Iranian nuclear program set back. Uh, one last thing, it seems that uh, one of the arguments I hear is the sanctions are really working. Therefore, now it's time to cut a deal. And I'm thinking to myself, if the sanctions are really working, wouldn't it be time to double down on them? Because <laughs> as long as you have this regime that keeps saying again and again, we want the nukes, that this, you're not going to solve the problem. If, this, if the sanctions can be part of solving the problem, then double down and, and get the problem solved. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the fact that the administration is so resistant to moving ahead with more sanctions shows how much they've brought into a, a sort of accommodation of Iran, not a pressuring of Iran. Uh, I don't. I still think the sanctions may not work in stopping them from getting nukes. It's done, they've done some damage to the economy. But the idea that you would let up, I'd give them major sanctions relief in return for minor pauses in certain aspects of the program, it's such an asymmetric deal. It's such a bad deal, you know, as Netanyahu said, um, that it really shows how desperate they are for any kind of deal. And that's dangerous. I mean, believe me, people around the world are looking at this, and they are seeing an American administration that is desperate to avoid confrontation with our enemies, that's desperate to avoid doing anything serious, that's looking for sort of face-saving deals and ways out of standing with our allies and, and as I say, dealing with real threats. If people start really coming to the conclusion that we're just sort of not serious about doing what we have to do around the world, uh, that's a very dangerous three years we have ahead. There's a limit to what Congress can do to ameliorate that problem. Um, you know, the president is pretty much in charge of foreign policy, but there are some things Congress can do. And I, I think that would be my one prediction, just sort of getting back to the beginning, where politics doesn't go in a straight line. We're all very focused on domestic policy now, very understandable. The Obamacare thing is pretty amazing. But I think uh, foreign policy comes roaring back in the next few months, especially with Iran. Well, let's suit President Obama's promise. If you like your nukes, Iran, you can keep your nukes, Iran. Well, that is his position. Valid. We don't get to keep our health insurance, but right. Iran gets to keep its, its nukes. Wonderful. Who would have thought? I mean, really, even I, who has never been a fan of this president, that we've come to this pass. It's, a, it's not a happy day, honestly, for the United States of America. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time here on the Weekly Standard podcast. Please check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.